take the young ones in your life on an unforgettable journey that will get them excited about the Word of God with the Airship Genesis Kids Study Bible. Then continue the adventure with monthly audio adventures on airshipgenesis.com. Plus, download the Airship Genesis mobile game where kids will travel back in time to the life of Jesus. Blast off with the young one in your life at airshipgenesis.com. Find your trust meter running on empty these days? Are you leery of trusting your government, your schools? What about your neighbors? Today on Turning Point, Dr. David Jeremiah says that while we might have reason to mistrust our worldly institutions, that's all the more reason to put our trust in God. Listen as David introduces today's message, Trusting God in Times of Trouble. Well, thank you for joining us today. Open your Bibles, if you have them, to Psalm 37. Here in this psalm, you're going to find five instructions that will help you in your life. Here they are. Trust in the Lord. Delight in the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Rest in the Lord. And wait on the Lord. Yes, they're all here in this one chapter. We'll unpack it in just a few moments as we open our Bibles together. You know, throughout the history of Turning Point Radio, almost from the very beginning, we have asked people to help us, and we have said thank you with a resource that we believe will add value to their life and to their spiritual walk. That could not be more truly represented than it is this month with the book that we are making available as our resource for February. The book is called God Works All Things Together for Your Good, Living in the Promise of Romans 8.28. The book was written by Rob Morgan, pastor of a church for many years in Nashville, and now um, sort of like an international evangelist and Bible teacher. Rob's one of my dear friends. And I'll tell you what, any book that you see that has his name on it, if you buy it, you'll be blessed. I don't know that there's an exception to that that I'm aware of. He's a great writer, a great teacher with a great heart, and he understands people. He will write from the Scripture and apply it to your heart, and you'll get it. That's such an important thing. Well, he's unraveled this incredible promise. You wouldn't believe he's written 200 pages on Romans 8.28. Stories, illustrations, ways to apply this verse in your own life abound in this book. You owe it to yourself to get a copy of God Works All Things Together for Your Good, Living in the Promise of Romans 8.28. It's yours from Turning Point during the month of February for a gift of any amount. So make that gift today. Make sure we get it during the month of February, and we'll have this book on its way to you before you know it. And you'll be reading it and being blessed and thankful that you've had a chance to be exposed to Rob Morgan's teaching. When you send your gift... Ask for the book, God Works All Things Together for Your Good. Well, let's get started with today's lesson. We're studying Psalm 37 and learning how to trust God in times of trouble. All right, folks, would you open your Bibles today to the 37th Psalm, Psalm 37, Psalm 37. I know that you're aware of the fact that we're living in unprecedented times. 162 pages containing 84 lines, 
totaling as many as 13,000 names and addresses were recently filed in the U.S. bankruptcy court, listing those who lost up to a total of $50 billion in the Madoff investment Ponzi scheme. From baseball team owners to housekeepers to some of the missionaries that we know, many of these people lost all of their money to a man they trusted implicitly. On the same day, 58 double-spaced pages of evidence gathered over many years was presented before the House Financial Services Subcommittee. The Security and Exchange Commission was accused of failure to act on behalf of the public because it ignored all of the evidence of fraud by Madoff's firm, which had been sent and resent to the SEC over a period of more than nine years. And Mr. Madoff and the SEC are not alone. When Merrill Lynch, CEO, voiced anticipation of a bonus between five and ten million for his quote unquote performance in 2008, it caused an uproar. Just imagine what he would have asked for if the firm had actually made any money. (laughs) Along with the news of his forced resignation came the revelation that he had recently spent $1.2 million on redecorating his office, including more than $35,000 for bathroom fixtures and $1,400 for a trash can. In these days, when government agencies are failing us in significant ways, and wicked and evil schemes seem to succeed at an alarming rate, the question is posed to all of us in our hearts, who in the world can we trust? We are in a credibility meltdown in our nation. Now, I didn't bring you here today to give you a political speech, but I want you to understand that we are in a time that's kind of different than any time we've ever been in. This is the most critical credibility crisis we've had in our nation. But it's not the first time something like this has happened. In fact, David wrote this psalm, Psalm 37, at a time when his situation was hopeless. The wicked were gathered all around him and they were exerting great pressure on him and the people of God. In fact, did you know that in Psalm 37, the word wicked is found 13 times? This is a psalm about the wicked. It says in verse 7, the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. Verse 12 says, the wicked plot against the just. Can I get a witness? Isn't that what's going on today? Verse 14 says, the wicked have drawn the sword and have bent the bow to cast down the poor and the needy and to slay those who are of upright conduct. It sounds like a commentary on today's situation. The word wicked here means to be morally wrong, to be guilty, to be ungodly. How are we to act, those of us who are followers of Christ, when all around us we feel the wicked influences of our culture, when the intentions of men are to destroy the righteous? How can David, or anyone else for that matter, meet the conditions of this world and be victorious. Well, David helps us here. This is one of my favorite psalms. 
it's one of the scriptures I often write in books or Bibles when people ask me to sign my name. Because this psalm is filled with encouragement. And there are five things here that come right out of the text of Psalm 37 that help us to get our bearings in the uncertainty of our world. And no matter what kind of problems we may be facing, whether they seem monumental or they're incidental, what we're going to learn from David will help us. David tells us there's some things that we can do ourselves in the midst of this upheaval. First of all, Notice verse 3, he tells us to trust in the Lord. Psalm 37, 3 says, Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. The word trust is found here and also down in verse 5. Notice, commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him. It's also found in verse 40. And the Bible says, and the Lord shall help them and deliver them. He shall deliver them from the wicked and save them because they trust in him. The word trust means to be confident. It conveys the idea of security, a sense of well-being, which results from having something or someone in whom we can place our confidence. The feeling of being safe and secure in a relationship. And the Bible tells us that when we're going through a confidence, credibility crisis, you need to go back to the one in whom you can confidently trust. Trust in the Lord. Say that with me. Trust in the Lord. He is one who is worthy of our trust. He has never out-promised himself. He has never welched on anything he said he would do. He is always on time with his promises and he's worthy of our trust in fact he gives us a little formula here that's really interesting if we didn't have anything else in the psalm but these three thoughts he says trust in the lord do good and feed on god's faithfulness that's a pretty good formula right there notice first of all he said trust in the lord and do good i like that because you know when everyone around you is doing evil you can get caught up in the Analysis of the evil deeds of others, and if you do, you will get buried beneath the avalanche of it all. What David is saying is this when you see the complication of evil in your world, when wicked men seem to be succeeding, trust in the Lord and then do some good. Do something good. We all know about good works that you don't get saved by good works, but you get saved for good works. And I've just found that when you get discouraged sometimes and you wonder what's going on, if you can just get out of yourself and go find somebody to minister to, go find somebody to help, go find somebody to encourage, there's such a need for that in our culture today, is there not? When everyone out there is doing evil, we can do something about that. We don't have to sit around and curse the darkness. We can light a candle, amen? We can do good. And that's what David is saying. He says, trust the Lord. Do good, and then I love this, feed on God's faithfulness. What he's saying is, meditate on it. When you feed on something, you eat it. You take it into your system. You make it a part of who you are. Wouldn't it be good if we, instead of complaining about all the bad stuff that was going on, we trusted the Lord, we found something we could do that was good, that gets us on the right side of the equation, and then we spend some time just meditating on how faithful God has been to us. Amen? So that's the first thing. 
He says, trust, do good, and feed on the faithfulness of God. So the first major thought here is to trust in the Lord. And David knew what he was talking about when he said this. Do you know when David wrote this, he had been through some terrible experiences in his life. When David was anointed to be the king of Israel, it was 15 long years after that before he actually became king. You say, so what was taking so long? Well, Saul was king, and Saul didn't want David to be king, and so Saul was trying to kill David, and he chased him all over the countryside for 15 long years trying to take him out. David was living in caves and hiding and trying to be God's person in the midst of an enemy who was determined to destroy him. So what did David do? Well, he had a few glitches in his walk with God during that period of time, but primarily what David did is, you know what he did? He trusted in God, he did good, and he fed on the faithfulness of his almighty God. David knew what he was talking about. He writes out of experience, and during all of that time, he trusted in God, and he had not missed a meal, and now his enemy was dead, and David, as he writes this psalm, is sitting on the throne of Israel. He trusted, he did good, he fed on the faithfulness of God, and almighty God saw him through. Amen? So the first one is trust in the Lord. Say that again. Trust in the Lord. Here's the second one. Look at verse 4. Delight in the Lord. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. So let's say the second one. Delight in the Lord. We've got two of them now. Trust in the Lord. Delight in the Lord. You say, Pastor, what does it mean to delight in the Lord? Well, the word delight is an interesting word because it reminds us that when we're facing conflicts and the oppression of the wicked, we must never allow our hearts to become hardened and calloused and filled with a desire for retaliation. A lot of God's people need this message today. He says, when you're in the midst of all of this, you should find your happiness in the Lord. We're not going to find our happiness in this world, not even in the United States Our happiness is not in where we are. Our happiness in whose we are. We're the Lord's. And our happiness belongs in him. And the Bible says because that's true, make him your delight and your desire. And here's a wonderful promise that I have claimed over the years. When I was trying to determine something about the will of God, someone gave me this simplistic little statement and I thought it was naive, frankly. He said, well, David, what do you want to do? And I said, what do you mean? He says, well, here's how you can know where God's leading you and what he wants you to do in this situation. Here's how you do it, right? He said, commit your way into the Lord and then do whatever you want to do. So hold it, wait a minute, that doesn't sound right. No, 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 he said, it's all right. Here it is, because if you commit your way to the Lord and you delight in him, you will never want to do anything that he doesn't want you to do. (laughs) Amen? So here's the first thing. Are you delighting in the Lord? And if you are, the Bible says if you delight in the Lord, he will give you the desires of your heart. When you delight in the Lord, he'll probably change your desires. And he will give you the things that you really want, that he really wants you to want. And when you get them, they'll be the things you always wanted. (laughs) When you trust in the Lord and delight in him, he will give you the desires of your heart. Oh, I could give you some testimonies about that from my own life. You say, well, that's true, Pastor. How does one trust and delight in the Lord? How does one delight in the Lord? Well, I want to show you something that I think is a pretty neat little formula that will help you. 
And that is over in the 119th Psalm, just a few pages over. And I promise you, as you're heading there, I'm not going to read this Psalm. It's the longest chapter in the Bible, (laughs) Psalm 119. Somebody told me this is the Psalm you want to have read when they're about to execute you and they ask you, is there any scripture you would like us to read? This is the psalm you want to have read. (laughs) But as you know, the 119th psalm is all about the word of God. The word of God is mentioned in almost every verse. But interestingly enough, the word delight is found six times in Psalm 119. And I want to run through these scriptures, and you just, if you've got your Bible open, you can just follow because I'm going to take them in order. Notice verse 16. I will delight myself in your statutes. Notice verse 35. Make me walk in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Verses 69 and 70. The proud have forged a lie against me, but I will keep your precepts with my whole heart. Their heart is as fat as grease, but I delight in your law. Verse 77, let your tender mercies come to me that I may live, for your law is my delight. Verse 92, unless your law had been my delight, I would have perished in my affliction. Verse 174, I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Now let me ask this question, class. Did you get it? What is the psalmist delighting in in Psalm 119? What is it? The word of God. He may call it the statutes, the law. He uses a lot of synonyms for the word of God in this psalm. But what David is saying is that he has found his delight in the word of God. Now here is the formula for what you do when you're trying to delight in the Lord. And and I know this will be a bit convicting to all of us, but let's just swallow this pill a little bit together and recognize it's the truth. Here it is. Your attitude toward the word of God is usually a mirror of your attitude toward the Son of God. Your attitude toward the Bible is your attitude toward Christ. In other words, if you say, I delight in the Lord and you never open this book, you're just fooling yourself. Because where do you learn about the Lord? You learn about him in this book, don't you? So when you delight in the Word, that's how you learn how to delight in the Lord. You know what will happen when you start to delight in the Word? You will see him on every page. Even in the Old Testament, he is prefigured and prophesied and pictured, and his typology is all over the book. When you delight in the word, you will discover all of a sudden that you're delighting in the Lord. I don't know that you can do one without the other, because the word of God, both the written word and the living word, are united eternally together. Do you delight in the Lord? When you're going through difficult times, get your focus off of your problems and your focus on your Savior and delight in him. Thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed upon him. Isaiah 26.3. Trust in the Lord is the first one. Delight in the Lord is the second one. Here's the third one. Commit your way to the Lord. This is verse 5. Commit your way to the Lord, trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. So we're going to say these three things together now, one right after the other. Are you ready? Here's our little formula. Trust in the Lord, delight in the Lord, commit your way to the Lord. Now what's the difference between trusting in the Lord and committing your way to him? Well, the word commit means to take something that you currently have and totally and completely release it to somebody else. Literally, what the psalmist is saying is you should take your way, your life, 
and give it over to God. Commit your life to him. Roll your burdens on the Lord. Give your stuff to God. And don't hang on to it yourself. This is a common truth, both in the Psalms and in the New Testament. Psalm 1014 says, The helpless commits himself to you, Lord. You are the helper of the fatherless. Psalm 55:22 puts it this way. Cast your burden on the Lord, and he will sustain you. 1 Peter 5, 7 is one of the first verses I learned as a little kid going to Sunday school, and here it is. Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. When we commit our way to the Lord, we take all of the issues that we're dealing with in our own life, we take the inequities that we see in the world where bad people get promoted and we get passed over. We take the financial things that happen to us when we trusted people we thought were good and we discovered they're not. We take all of that and while we try to do our best to manage it in the power of the Holy Spirit, there comes a point in time for all of us where we have to bundle all this stuff up and just say, Lord, this is way too much for me. I'm just casting it all to you. I'm giving it to you. I was going through, well, my wife still calls it Black May. When I came here some years ago, many years ago now, we had one month. It was probably the worst month of our life. Just some turmoil that happened. is just kind of one of those things. And I was overwhelmed. I was 40 years old. I'm telling you, this was a long time ago. And I didn't know what to do. I remember going into my office one day and walking into my office and seeing my chair sitting behind my desk. And I just kind of pictured, I said, Lord, I'm not going to sit in that chair today. That's your chair. I don't know what to do with all this stuff. I'm just going to lay it out before you. I'm putting it on your desk, Lord. It's yours. I never felt such a sense of relief in my life to know these problems are not mine. I've given them to God. And when you commit your way to the Lord, he will help you. He will take you through. But here's the problem that we all have. And you see if you're not like me. I give it to God. And then about two hours later, I take it back. (laughs) And I'm walking around thinking, you know what, Lord, I thought I got rid of this. I found that you got to keep doing that over and on. Lord, I thought I gave this to you, but I took some of it back. And here it is again. And you just do it until after a while you begin to realize that you've committed your way to the Lord. When we commit our way to the Lord, we let him tell us the direction we're going to go. We let him tell us what we're supposed to do. And we let him help us know what we're to do with the troubles that are in our life. Release all these things to him. Let him take them all. So trust in the Lord. Delight in the Lord. Commit your way to the Lord. Here's the fourth one. Rest in the Lord. And this is not about what some of you do in church. (laughs) This rest in the Lord is verse 7. Notice what it says. Rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret because of him who prospers in his way, because of the man who brings wicked schemes to pass. To rest in the Lord is to be silent before Jehovah God without clamoring or presumptuous indifference. Here's, I love this. Hush! before God hush before him sometimes you just have to get before the Lord keep your mouth shut 
and rest in the knowledge that he's in control. Amen. I would imagine that a lot more of us understand that now than we did several months ago. This is what you do when you don't know what to do. You get before the Lord and you wait on him and you rest in him. Hey, before I say goodbye today, I want to remind you that now you can watch Turning Point on television every morning, wherever you live, on the History Channel. That's right. Every morning, Monday through Friday, we're on the History Channel at 6.30. You can get up early, go to the History Channel, and there we are. This channel covers the country. Many thousands of people are watching this channel, and we're there every morning, and I don't want you to miss it. This is brand new. It just started in February. It's not a Sunday show. It's an everyday program to bless and encourage you in your walk with the Lord. Tomorrow here on Turning Point, we'll finish up our discussion of Psalm 37. And then on Friday, the lesson is, what do you do when trials become your teacher? And that's from the book of Job. You can have the book, God Works All Things Together for Your Good, during the month of February for a gift of any size. Rob Morgan's book will bless you. Ask for it when you send your gift today. For more information on Dr. Jeremiah's current series, Making Sense of It All, please visit our website where you'll also find two free ways to help you stay connected our monthly magazine, Turning Points, and our daily email devotional. Sign up today at davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. Or call us at 800-946-4300. When you do, ask for your copy of Robert J. Morgan's book of comfort and encouragement. God works all things together for your good. It's yours for a gift of any amount. You can also download the free Turning Point mobile app for your smartphone or tablet or search in your app store for the keywords Turning Point Ministries to access our programs and resources. Get all the details when you visit our website, davidjeremiah.ca slash radio. This is David Michael Jeremiah. Join us tomorrow as we continue the series, Making Sense of It All, here on Turning Point with Dr. David Jeremiah. Have you ever wondered what your legacy will be? The Jeremiah Legacy Society from Turning Point was created for friends of the ministry who feel called to partner with Dr. David Jeremiah to deliver the unchanging Word of God to future generations. We can ensure that the impact we have reaches beyond our days here on earth. Visit our website at davidjeremiahgift.org to learn more about how you can be a part of the Jeremiah Legacy Society. If you're looking to enhance your personal or group Bible study, look no further than the Jeremiah Bible Study Series. In each volume, Dr. David Jeremiah helps you understand what the Bible says and how to apply it. Along the way, you will gain insights into the text, identify key themes, and be challenged to apply the truth found in Scripture to your life. Get your copy today. Learn more at davidjeremiah.ca slash study. That's davidjeremiah.ca slash study. If you've enjoyed today's program with Dr. David Jeremiah, you might be interested in hearing it again at your convenience. Stay connected to Turning Point by visiting our website at davidjeremiah.ca or by downloading our free Canadian mobile app. The app can be found by searching for Turning Point Canada on your smart device app store. 
Create an account and order digital resources from today's program with easy one-click checkout at davidjeremiah.ca. Turning Point presents the Jeremiah Study Bible. Jumpstart your Bible study with more than 8,000 study notes from Dr. Jeremiah to help you discover what the Bible says, what it means, and what it means for you. Available in the New King James and New International versions in standard or large print, as well as the English Standard Version in standard print. For more details or to order your copy, go to davidjeremiah.ca jsb.